Welcome to the Otherworldly Oracle official podcast. We are your hosts, Alora and Kitty. And in this exciting episode, we're wrapping up our duology on dreams. Moon cycles, prophetic dreams, and how to protect yourself in dream space are all topics on the table for this episode. So grab a cuppa and settle in. All right. Before we get started, is there anything new happening in your practice as of late, Kitty? I will be honest and say that things have been rather mundane for me lately. <laughs> <laughs> it's just been a little busy with family things, but really, I guess the one main, you know, like constant is Odin. Right. Since, since I guess late or, you know, I don't know, fall of last year he came through and he's just been kind of a constant in my life since then. And yeah, it's actually been really comforting and a really good relationship so far. So I'm happy about that. Odin is always a good time, especially if you're a woman. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> I have read too. Someone said, oh, he loves women. I was like, oh, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense. All right. So let's dive in to our topic. And right off the bat, two of our listeners have asked, how do we increase prophetic dreams? Okay. Well, for me, to be honest with you, I don't really want to have a lot of prophetic dreams. The ones I've had in the past weren't necessarily predicting good events and so at this point like I'd rather not know what's coming to be honest but if you really want to increase your prophetic dreams my advice is to make a dream spell bag and put it under your pillow but uh, we'll get into more of like the herbs and all that kind of thing um, to go in it later what about you how would you say to increase prophetic dreams so honestly, I don't have a spectacular answer for this, <laughs> um, but you can try flying and vision ointments before bed. And oh, yeah. please, rem please remember if you do, it's always your responsibility as a practitioner to research the ingredients and make sure the dosages are correct for you. Uh, so, but if you want more information on flying ointments, Otherworldly Oracle has a great article by Kitty with history, lore, recipes, um, both toxic and non-toxic. So you can check that out. Um, but that's like my top tip, I guess you would say, to try to induce visions or prophetic dreams. Yeah, that's a good point. The flying ointment. And I just want to say that I remember we posted that article and people were like flipping out that I even talk about the toxic like herbs in those. It's purely for historical like education. <laughs> right. Obviously I'm not telling people to, you know, slather themselves up in a henbane like poppy mixture. I'm just putting it out there for historical purposes and 
you know, it, but there's also like Laura mentioned, there's a, um, a non-toxic version as well. So. Right. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, and as a practitioner practicing personal responsibility, you need to make sure that any ingredients you include are safe for you. Yeah. Um, and so you always want to read the possible side effects, the warnings, all of that stuff. Yeah, because, you know, and I don't want to go on a tangent here, but I'm going to just do it for a second. <laughs> you know, even if an herb is completely safe, like to the general public, for instance, like chamomile or mint, you know, it, it might not be for you. You might have an allergy to it, or it just doesn't create the desired effect that you want. So, you know, you have to kind of do some testing and researching before before working with herbs. So that's all I'm going to say about that. So we'll, this next one's, I, I, I like this question. It, it's a listener question. Amber asks, <clears throat> how do the moon cycles affect our dreams? I've noticed recently that between the new moon and the waxing moon, I have no dreams. It's like I'm in a reset mode or something. Yeah, good question. That is a good question. So I am actually the opposite. So I don't typically dream between the full moon and the new moon. So when the moon is waning, I don't dream typically. Uh, and You're I the words of, right out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I kind well, I attribute this to the fact that from the new moon to the full moon, I dream intensely. Yep. So, and it, starts off i don't know how how it works for you but for me when the new moon comes it's like a slow progression like the closer the full moon is the more intense my dreams get unless i'm exhausted and i'm in a state of like exhaustion and not dreaming um which is probably going to be tonight right because the full moon is almost here and i don't sleep well i'm always dreaming usually right yeah and I also have noticed that I get more sleep during the waning moon. Like I sleep mm-hmm. longer. Oh my God. Are we like, <laughs> what is going on here? This is too much alike. It's freaking me out. Well, actually, if you go back into history and anthropology, right? So human beings are not programmed to sleep for eight plus hours a night. We are actually programmed to sleep a maximum of four hours in any one sitting. And that's because, you know, way back when we were cave people, we had to be alert for predators and um, invaders and things like that. So we were programmed to, you know, to sleep less. Plus when there's a full moon, there is light at night. So this circadian, what was that? Circadian rhythms. Uh-huh. Circa- I, I wanted to say cicada, but <laughs> just <my> southern talking. <laughs> cicada rhythm. Uh, but that they can get messed up during a full moon because it, there's light. Okay. And it's bright, ah. but so like I said, so during a full moon, you get less sleep because you're circadian rhythm is like, oh, there's, you know, it's fully illuminated outside. Right. So, um, and I also, 
it would be interesting, Amber, to, for you to look at what your, what moon, like what phase of the moon you were born under. Mm -hmm. So technically I was born under a waxing gibbous moon, but like the full moon was literally like two seconds away. So (laughs) I kind of attribute that to my dreaming patterns as well. Yeah. Cause I have found that people tend to dream a lot more, uh, vividly and a lot more period during the moon phase under which they were born. I'm a new moon baby. Okay. So do your dreams progress like mine or they still progress? I, okay. I dream a lot during the new moon but I, I typically dream more so during the full moon. So I'm, I don't know, both. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I guess then in comes the next question of, so when you're dreaming during the new moon, is it the quantity of dreams you're having that is more plentiful or is it that you're having less quantity of dreams, but more vivid. Okay. I think that they would be more vivid on the new under, under a new moon. And then I just have more around the full moon. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause I I, think, go ahead. Oh no. I was just going to say, because my most vivid dreams come like usually the day of, or the day before a full moon. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I like that theory. It, it definitely makes sense. Um, I kind of was thinking too, maybe, I mean, for, I guess this wouldn't necessarily, well, she says between new moon and waxing. So she didn't really say that she's not having a lot of dreams on the full moon. So this theory would actually maybe make sense. I think, you know, because the moon pulls on the tides you know, it also pulls on our bodies and our minds. So I just would naturally think that as we got closer to the full moon, that most people would start dreaming more. Yeah. Well, the human body is what? 70% water. Right. So we're a lot of water people, a lot. (laughs) You know, I always hear that number going back and forth and I'm like, what is it? Like some people are like 60% and then other people like 75. I wish they would just make up their minds on that, you know? Anyway, <laughs> well, well, we're basically bags of water. That's all you need to know. <laughs> water bags. Yeah. Saddle bags of water. That's what we are. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I always wonder, like when people say this, it, I, it, it never made sense to me because I don't believe in it. But anyway, do you believe in the old concept that if you die in your dreams, you die in real life. You ever heard somebody say that? Yes, I've heard it. And no. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't believe it either. Yeah. Especially Have, so does that mean you've died in your dreams? Oh, I've literally watched my funeral several times over. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. So. Ooh, that's intense. Um. So I've had those dreams and then, you know how you were saying like you had a lot of flying dreams. Mm -hmm. So I've had a lot of flying dreams, but my flying dreams are never fun because typically, I don't know if I would call them flying dreams. They're falling dreams. 
I'm falling out of the sky. Yeah. Right. So, and I have definitely, uh, hit the ground and typically when that happens, like my whole body shudders and I sit straight up in bed and I'm like, Oh yeah. So, and I would say that I would definitely die if that happened. So I'm still here. Right. So I don't think so. Yeah. Um, I agree. It never made sense to me. I I had like one night where I was having (laughs) dreams and literally like in the dream I die and then I would wake up into a different life and then I would die and then I would wake up into another like over and over again. So like Groundhog Day, sort of. (laughs) Yeah. But not the same thing. Well, I was going to ask, did you know that you were dying and waking up in a new or different life? Yeah, somehow I did. And I don't know that I was lucid necessarily, but I just, I just knew it. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Um, one of them, one of the experiences was being taken over by a humongous wave, which is a recurring theme in my dreams. I don't like water very much. (laughs) I wonder if, uh, I wonder if you may have traveled to the Akashic records there. Yeah. I mean, it's possible. I don't know. (laughs) And was just, I mean, and you know, because well, in rudimentary terms, right. The Akashic records is a record of your soul. Like, so everything that your soul has ever done exists in the Akashic records. Right. And so the way you describe it though, to me, it sounds like you were just like flipping pages, <laughs> but you knew what you were looking at. Oh my God. That's a good point. Maybe it was. Yeah. Wow. Uh-oh. We've just had a profound experience on the podcast. <laughs> right. No, that just blew my mind. Like turning pages. Yeah. That's a really good point. Whoa. Mind blown. Well, we talked a little bit about this in our last episode on dreams Uh, so we're going to get more into it in this episode and it's dealing with sleep paralysis. So have you ever dealt with sleep paralysis, night terrors, or psychic attacks? And if you have, how did you prevent them from recurring? That's going to be a yes, yes, yes to all of them. I, um, you talk about sleep paralysis as though it's like it doesn't seem as bad for you but for me it's always like a it's always a terrifying experience um and it usually happens uh, for me once every year at least starting since about 10 years ago and um you actually helped me this past november i was traveling not like actually traveling not astral traveling traveling out of state and (laughs) And I had like a two night bout where I was constantly being held down in bed, like by an unseen force, like, and usually I'm laying on my back when it happens. But in this case, I knew it was different because I was on my side. I was on my back. It didn't matter. There was always something pushing me down. And, um, and it, you know, it it is just something like in the room, you know, I could, I could feel it. But anyway, it, terrified me. It gave me like the worst anxiety of my life because usually I can shake it off, you know, and it's not a big deal, but because I was traveling, I wasn't at home and I was already like anxious about everything. It just kind of all built up. And so I remember asking you, like, I'm like, Oh my God, help me. Like, (laughs) 
I was in such a bad state of mind because of it. Um, and you really, really helped me out of it. But I think Aww. in that instance, I really do believe that I was being psychically attacked because it was so much different than all the other times. And right. I really had to break myself out of this mental, like, yeah, it was just bad. I don't know. It's, it was a lot to deal with. And I just didn't even want to go to sleep that night. But after you helped me, I was able to go to sleep again. And then, um, yeah. And then it's like, as soon as I got home, I'm cleansing and like wording like crazy. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, so I think that sleep paralysis is very scary. I know that I don't make it seem like it, but it is. <laughs> right. So you sound like I, you're, a pro. you're like, yeah, give me some of that sleep paralysis. Well, <laughs> so here's the deal. So, uh, okay. I've never had night terrors. That's something I've never experienced. Ooh, um, or yeah. if I did, it was when I was little, little, little or something mm -hmm. uh, that I don't remember. Um, so I've definitely experienced sleep paralysis and psychic attack, but sleep paralysis for me, I don't view it as a bad thing right. because for me, it goes hand in hand with my astral projection a lot of the time. So, and it's, I think the physical sensation of sleep paralysis is the scary part because your brain is awake. And you know that you're asleep mm -hmm. and you're trying to wake yourself up and you can't move. Like right. that's the scary part. Yeah. Um, I, I had a witch friend uh, when I lived in Arizona and she also experienced uh, sleep paralysis with astral projection. And one of the things that helped her a lot was if you have animals in the house, particularly dog, well, dogs her so animals are super sensitive right to spirit activity and things like that yeah so if you're astral traveling your spirit is tethered to your body outside of your body mm -hmm. and if you can call to your dog or cat or whatever you know typically your dog if you can call to your animal yeah you tell them to come, come. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, some, well, I've heard of some cats doing it, but more okay. so dog. Yeah. But if you can call to your dog to come to you, typically the dog can nudge you and your body will respond. So that's one thing that she always used. Hmm. I did not have a dog, so I did not have this option. So, <laughs> yeah. um, in psychic attack, I've experienced when somebody has been uh, purposefully playing with my mind. Yeah. Uh, and it's usually, <clears throat> excuse me. It's usually really obvious to me in my dreams. Like mm -hmm. I know that somebody is messing with me. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's uh, obvious. Yeah. Right. It's like, I don't know if this happened to you too, but when I went through that whole thing, it was, it, I was having thoughts that weren't my own either, which was something that is, I've never experienced before. And that's kind of right. what tip me off to it. I was like, wait a second, like what, you know? Right. Um, and then too, if you're, if you, I found myself, these are like the major signs of that you're being uh, psychically attacked. I found myself questioning my beliefs, questioning my sanity, like while I was going through these nightmares and everything. 
Um, right. Those are all signs that, you know, someone is trying to screw with you basically. Well, yeah. And they're going to do it when you're in your most vulnerable state. Right. Right. And sleep is pretty much our most vulnerable state because we're asleep and we're not aware. And so a lot of psychic attack happens in dream space. So, Mm -hmm. um, ways that you can prevent it from recurring. I don't know that you can prevent it from recurring 110%, but some things that definitely help. Right. So dream catchers, I recommend, um, I have one in my bedroom sometime. And if you have a dream catcher, be sure that you cleanse it on a regular basis because just having one there for years and years and never cleansing it doesn't really help. Yeah. Mine doesn't work anymore. I need to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, black tourmaline, uh, around the four points of your bed. Mm -hmm. Uh, to create like a ward specifically around your bed. I like that. Smoky quartz is another one to keep on your bedside table or under your pillow because so smoky quartz is pretty much acts like a filter. So it kind of filters out the negative dreams or tries to. Yeah. Um, And also keeping a glass of water under the bed. So that is a sympathetic magic tool. And essentially it is placed there to soak up the bad dreams or soak up the negative energy that's occurring while you're sleeping. So So. you told me to do that while I was traveling and I was going through all that and that I really feel like helped. Um, But when you told me that, I actually thought of the fact of the idea that spirits can't cross water. So that's why I thought you were thinking to do that, but it makes sense that it would, uh, soak up the negativity too. Yeah. And, but the other thing is like, you could go several different ways on this just because water is also a conduit. I know. I know. I thought that too. I'm like, well, that doesn't really make <laughs> Cause but, I've, I've definitely crossed bodies of water before and brought spirits home with me. So that didn't, you know, anyway. <laughs> right. But it's, it's simply like a sympathetic magic tool where yeah. you are literally wanting to soak up this negative energy that's happening at night. Well, it works. Um, if you can't get a, a glass of water under the bed, uh, on your nightstand will work as, as well. But under is even, be- is, is even better because you can place it right where your head lays. So that's, the, that's why under the bed. Got you. <clears throat> All right. Yeah, I think I think for me, just to add to that a little bit, definitely you want to cleanse your space. Like we always say, um, often, you know, refresh your wards outside as well. And um, I also believe, you know, creating or crafting a traditional witch bottle and burying it outside of your bedroom window will help. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, there was another time when I was being targeted, we'll say, <laughs> um, by people. It wasn't like at night, but I the witch bottle definitely helped. So, right, it kind of tricks whatever energy or entity is being thrown at you. Um, for those that don't know, it 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 tricks the entity or energy into believing that you're in that in the bottle, and then uh, when they go into when it goes into the bottle 
to attack you, it gets trapped in there. So if you want to learn more about that, you can find that on the website as well. Yeah. And I would also add as well, like if you are having those feelings that you're, you know, being attacked, throw a mirror. If if you have a window in your bedroom, you want to throw a mirror um, just in the window facing outward because that will reflect the negative energy that's coming in right back out. Oh yeah. I like that. That's a good idea too. Yeah. We, you know, (laughs) I could probably come up with about a thousand things because we've been around for a long time and have cultivated this list of tips and tricks, Yeah, but (laughs) we'd be here all day. Right. (laughs) Um, so we promised we would talk about this before and I'm sure people want to know all about it. So go ahead and why don't you tell us about dreamwalking, what it is, your experiences, etc. All right. Well, so dreamwalking is where you can consciously visit another person in their dream state and in your dream state, right? So you can go to sleep and consciously decide that you're going to go into somebody else's dreams. Uh, I have done this quite a bit and have often gotten confirmation that it was a dreamwalking experience from the other person telling me that they dreamt of me. Um, you can use magic to do this, which is how I got started, but I really don't recommend dreamwalking unless you have a really good anchor to the real world. Um, so that means you're grounded, you're centered, you're well and truly on this plane of existence. Um, so if you're grieving, if you're experiencing depression or trauma, it's best not to do this. Um, because I've found that, uh, I, and I don't know, I don't know if this can really happen, but, um, I have heard of people and I have experienced basically dream walking with other people who were like, I don't want to go back. And I was like, Oh, we're going back. Oh <laughs> yeah. That could so, be dangerous. Right. So you need to, you need to really, especially if you do this with, uh, multiple people, you need to make sure that everyone is on the same page about what you're doing, what the goal is, et cetera, et cetera. Um, wow. I have dream walked I've also dream walked to friends who were experiencing negative dreams to get them out. And I don't like, I made a joke that it was like dream rescuing. And I'm like, I don't even know. Is that a thing? Um, But this person was experiencing like nightmares. And so I ended up walking into their dreamscape and taking them out. There should be like a number to call, like not 911, (laughs) but something like that. 1111. Dial 1111 to be rescued from your dreams. It can be done. It can be done. <laughs> I ha- now look, I haven't done that a heap of times, right? That's not something that I do on a regular basis, but I have done it. Um, I have never done that knowingly, at least. Oh, I did it. Yeah, I did it consciously on purpose. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> I don't know much about it. I know someone who is a dream walker who likes to walk into my dreams on occasion, but um, no, I don't think I do it. And 
also in my experience to dream walk to someone else's dream state, you have to have an, I don't, I'm going to say energetic cord to that person you're dream walking to. Yeah. And the stronger that energetic cord is, the easier it is to do. Like I can't just walk into a stranger's dreams. Oh, I never thought about that. Okay. That's interesting. Now I don't know. perspective. (laughs) Well, I don't know because I don't know of anyone that has walked into a stranger's dream. Um, because all of the people that I know that have experienced dream walking, they have walked into someone's dream who was their friend or their relative or their, you know, uh, you know, people they had energetic ties to. Yeah. It it definitely makes sense. Yeah. I don't think I've ever walked into a stranger's dream or anything either. So. Well, have you dream walked? I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> I can't think of a time where, where I did. So I'm going to have to go with no, but it is very interesting. You know, this is funny because now I kind of want to write an article about how to use magic to dream walk and start it. You should. That w- I think it's really fascinating and I don't know enough about it. So yeah, this is something I started in my mid twenties. Wow. I think. So. Now, did you read about it somewhere or you just kind of, it happened or? Um, no, I actually, a friend of mine was like, you should try this. And I was like, I should try this because my friend knew that I was a very strong dreamer. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I want to see what happens when I, when I do this. And so, um, I, that's how it came about. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll write an article on that next month. Yeah. Do it. All right. So how do you interpret your dreams and others' dreams? Do you use a book, your own knowledge of symbolism, et cetera? So uh, for me, how I interpret my own dreams, it really depends on what's happening in the dream. First of all, I think over the years I've learned how to distinguish a symbolic dream from an actual like visitation dream um, or from astral travel. But, you know, the typical symbols like animals and plants and actual symbols, that kind of thing, I... (laughs) I don't want to be like, I just know these things, but it's just over the years, you kind of develop your own understanding of these symbols. And so I just interpret it based off of my connection to those things. And if I'm honestly not sure, I'll just look it up online. (laughs) (laughs) Truthfully, um, I do have like a Llewellyn dream book, but um, I found that their, their interpretations of symbols don't really match my own beliefs. So I don't use that a lot. Right. So yeah. What about you? I would say all of the above. Uh, so yeah. if it's a really obscure symbol, I might look it up right. in text, like whether in a book or online or whatever. Um, but usually I know my own mental state and how the symbols may apply to my life. Right. But like you were saying, like, this is something you develop over time. 
This is something you cultivate. And so this is why journaling when you're starting out is really important because Mm -hmm. again, you're creating your own symbol dictionary for your dream that applies just to you. And as far as other people's dreams, I can interpret other people's dreams somewhat, but I always like to tell people to interpret their own dreams because odds are that symbol means something different to them than to me. Yeah, that's true. I agree. (laughs) So along this same line, and I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but are there some dreams that don't need to be interpreted? Definitely. hundred percent. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So even though dreams are another dimension for me, right? So it's another level of existence. Uh, not all dreams are significant because sometimes dream space is just where our brains go to solve problems, work things out, right? Um, things like that. And, and sometimes we don't need to be conscious of that. Like we, we right. have processes in our brains that need to happen and that we don't really, you know, need to be conscious of. So sometimes dreams are just like the junk drawer where all your yeah. feelings get dumped out because it's right. Yeah. Is that yeah, like, I, I agree. Or like the sensory stimulus throughout your day, like mm-hmm. movies or whatever. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think this is kind of along the lines of also like when people want to interpret every single thing that like happens during the day. Mm, yeah. You know, you can't, you cannot look at every dream and every single moment to be interpreted as something spiritual. I don't mean to be, you know, the naysayer, but if you do that, you're literally going to lose your mind, like (laughs) trying to interpret everything. Um, Well, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I don't know who said this, but I read, I read some quote that said like, basically if you're looking for a tree, you'll see a tree. Does that make sense? Like, Yeah, absolutely. So if you're one of those people that, you know, wants to interpret symbols of your entire day, if you're looking for symbols, you're going to find symbols. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I I think that's, I think that's like the overarching point. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. So don't, the point is don't, you don't need to, inter- if it's a wacky freaking dream that just seems like a bunch of random things pieced on, you don't have to interpret them all the time, you know? <laughs> right. And again, that can get super exhausting. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's too much. Too much. All right. So what are your favorite herbs or stones or tools or uh, basically dream aids? to work with? So this is a popular one, but if I really want to like stimulate the dreaming process, I drink mugwort tea, but I add mint to it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Do you add mint to it? Um, I add chamomile. (laughs) Yes, chamomile. chamomile? Yeah, I knew you. I actually had some tonight. I was drinking it, but um, not mugwort. No, no, um, chamomile. (laughs) 
But you know, for me, the mugwort tea, it doesn't always take effect like immediately. It's sometimes it's like two or three nights later. Mm. I don't know why that is, but it just takes a little bit of time for me to, for it to kick in. <laughs> right. Yeah. I said um, like, that was my number one too, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of people know that it is, a, it, I mean, it works, so why not? Um, in addition, I've used lapis uh, or amethyst like near my pillow, like on the bedside table, or also, like I mentioned before, dream spell bags, just a little sash, sachet um, or like a little muslin bag that you fill with. You could use mugwort. You could use other herbs that you associate with dreaming, maybe like a little piece of amethyst, little chunk, not big because, you know, you're going to put it in your pillow and can be uncomfortable, <laughs> but uh. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, you don't I, want to roll over and put a hole in your head, okay? Right, exactly. That, that wouldn't be good. I think, um, I think too, I forgot to say this earlier when we were talking about uh, protecting ourselves and whatnot, but I also have a big obsidian palm stone that I keep mm. on my nightstand. So like if I wake up from a nightmare, you know, I'm just feeling anxious or something, it's always there. I can grab it and it kind of wards off any negativity. So I meant to say that earlier, but... And then two, I guess the last thing that I use is Reiki. Oh, it's not really a stone or an herb, but I guess it's a tool. It helps me fall asleep. And usually will, um, if I'm having like a sleep paralysis or something, it usually will help me calm down and whatnot. So what about mm. you other than the mugwort tea? Yeah. So I actually, mugwort is my number one. I also <laughs> said amethyst and lapis. <laughs> Did you which really? Is, yeah. Which oh is funny God. because lapis is really helpful to me, but my husband can't sleep with lapis. It does the opposite to him. It makes him really anxious and nervous. So I've had to like cut out the lapis. <laughs> yeah. I think it's because um, it's, for me, I think it's high vibrational and it, it can get overwhelming to mm. some people. Yeah. And I also have Azurite. Um, and I honestly can't tell you why that is, but it seems to make oh. my dreams vivid. Interesting. When I have Azurite, uh, which, yeah. Um, and it's a beautiful stone. I don't think I've ever had any of that, honestly. Azurite is actually, I cannot remember the two minerals that it is, except one of them is Malachite. Okay. So it's like, I'll have to show you a picture, but so when like you an energy kind of conductor a little bit. Yeah. I, I, th I mean, it must be because like I said, anytime I use Azurite, my dreams are more vivid. Um, Very interesting. They're more intense. Yeah. Uh, so dream pillows work well for some people. I don't use them. They, I just, nah, I'm good on that. But, um, <laughs> but I've also found that music is really helpful in getting me into a particular dream space, especially things like Enya or meditative music or even binaural beats, if you're into that, because it helps your brain get into a particular uh, wave mode. So hmm. whether it's beta waves or alpha waves or what have you. So. Cool. Yeah, those are, those are mine, but 
it's pretty weird that we had mugwort amethyst and lapis as our first three on both sides. <laughs> yeah, because I know I like I know amethyst. A lot of people use amethyst for dream work, but I didn't know that anybody else used lapis because for me, lapis is a stone that will often bring up past life memories and dreams. Mm. Does it do that for you too or no? No, it just knocks me out. <laughs> oh, you use it. Okay. Use it as like a soothing kind of thing. Okay. Right. It's like, for me, it's like the crystal equivalent of lavender. Right. Oh, so, all right. Which, yeah. So that's the way that I use it, but. Awesome. I guess it just helps me like slide into that dream space easier and wrestling with my pillow and being, you know, uncomfortable and not being able to fall asleep and all that stuff. Ugh. Yeah. I hate that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> well, the second in our duology didn't turn out to be as lengthy as I thought it would be, but we got her done. We did. <laughs> we did indeed. So I guess we can wrap it up, right? Yes, ma'am. All right. So as we said before, if you haven't, check out the website, otherworldlyoracle.com. We've got articles on dreams, protection, herbs, all that kind of good stuff there. Um, just type what you want to read about into the search bar. And we also welcome you to join our Facebook group and visit Alora's website at alorarain.com. And we want to thank everyone for joining us, whether you're new or returning. Please subscribe to or favorite our podcast to be notified of our future episodes and also help us out and be sure to share our podcast and review us too. And remember, whether you're in the land of the Fae or the land of the ancestors, stay otherworldly.